Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast. The show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier. And then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Today's guest is Jen McAuliffe. Oh boy, I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. This was such a fun conversation. It was such a nice way to spend a day just talking to Jen. Uh, Her assignment was about self-image and self-talk. Uh, I love this assignment. This is personally one of my favorite ones that I've uh, done myself. I actually stole this from uh, Katya, a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. So thanks, Katya. I love this, and I use this all the time. It's got a bit of a sense of humor to it, so if you're looking to sort of start paying attention to your negative self-talk and reworking it, but you have trouble kind of taking that whole thing seriously... This is an excellent way in because it's just a silly fun time. Uh, If you want to support Jen in general, you can follow her on social media at Jennifer Jokes. Let me tell you. Okay, let's get serious for a second here. If you aren't already following Jen McAuliffe on Twitter, what are you even doing with your life? Like, you need to get your priorities in line. I think she's one of the funniest people on the internet. So uh, get on that right now. Pause this episode. Open up that Twitter app. Go follow Jennifer Jokes. Uh, She's amazing. If you want to support this podcast in general, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe to it, you can send us an email at loveiseverywherepodcast at gmail.com. I believe that's our email. Uh, (laughs) Send send an email to that email. Even if it's not our email, I'm sure they'll enjoy hearing from you. What else could you do? You could uh, embroider Love is Everywhere on a face mask. You know, just get the word out there. And uh, in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Jen McAuliffe. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Uh, Jen McAuliffe, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, we start uh, with a, an honest, how are you? So how are you for oh, real? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm well, thank you. I'm well. If you could let me know, um, I live on a major street, but I'm wearing headphones. So if okay. you can hear the traffic, let me know and I'll move inside. I will. And for now, it's fine. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, today is a good day. It's beautiful outside. So I think I'll probably spend most of the day reading on my porch or something like that so I'm feeling good that sounds nice yeah that sounds nice I haven't been doing that much reading even though I have all this time and I do love reading I know but, uh there have been a lot of things that I love and thought that I would be doing with all of this time that I am not <laughs> at all turns out it's just time yeah it's not it's not extra time or special time or good concentration it's just time no it's just it's just time to yeah. fill to fill and it fills in my opinion fills Mm -hmm. quick what have you been filling your time with I don't even know it's like I wake up late uh then I eat breakfast um I putter around for a bit I look Mm -hmm. at my phone for a long time and then it's dinner time and then I watch a movie and go to bed it's like to be fair I never watched uh tv before Mm -hmm. this like, I think I got Netflix maybe, like, three months ago. I watched one thing, and I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> so I just, like, gave out my password to all these people I know. Um, and uh, and I got, um, what's that called? Disney Plus because yeah. of Mandalorian to see Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Y- Yoda? Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> I love him. Love him. Best friends. Um, so, yeah, so I got... Disney Plus for the year just to watch that one TV show. I really overestimated how much I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I liked Baby Yoda, but the rest, like, I don't have any interest in watching the, like, The Adventurers Down Under or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on that you don't want to watch The Adventurers Down Under? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> They're mice in the air! There's uh, alligators in that one. <laughs> I like I feel like I just took words at random and like hit <laughs> a Disney movie. Um, but yeah, so I've been just uh, watching TV, I guess, mm-hmm. for like an hour or two at night. 
maybe longer. And then that's, that's my life now. And I'm like, wow, television's bad. Why do I want to be a TV writer? This is so bad. Yeah. Same thing. I have like a, I'm the opposite though. I like have a major television addiction and always have. So this extra time is definitely being filled with that. Although what I'm noticing is that I don't want to fill this time with good television for some reason. No, why would you? This is not the time. This is not the time. Like, I don't want to watch things that I'm actually, like, that are very interesting or that, like, I also want to write for TV. It doesn't, like, feed that part of me in any way. I'm just, like, getting stoned and watching old seasons of Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. (laughs) I love that. Oh, an old season, so you already know what happens. Well, there were, uh, I used to watch Big Brother, and then there have been, like, maybe five or six years that I have not watched it, so now I'm going back and I'm watching those seasons that I haven't seen. It's, I concede that it's it's bad reality television show, but a part of me also really loves that show. <laughs> I don't think that that's, um, okay, so two things. One, I don't think that everything has to be productive. Yeah. And and then, secondly, I don't think that that is particularly unproductive. I don't think so, because I sent in, you know, the CBC had that call for TV shows, mm-hmm. and they were going to give up to $2 million total for development money. So, like, assuming that they give it each person 40000 that's like, what, 50, 50 people? Mm-hmm. Did I do the math right on that? Um, anyway, they... Uh, they, I got into the semifinals on, uh, the... Congratulations. Unscripted. Thank you. I got into the semifinals sending in, and I sent in, like, 11 TV show ideas, which was way too much. They couldn't all be good. There's no chance they didn't have spelling errors. Like, I, like, (laughs) it it was due at, like, 11.59 and 11.58. I was like, well, what about this for a TV idea? (laughs) Um, but it was free to apply, so apply I did. And uh, yeah, so two of my shows got into the semifinals, which means nine of my shows got rejected like within an hour of sending it in. They were like, no thanks, mm-hmm. that's quite all right. We don't need vibrators in space. Um, <laughs> which I've been pushing, I've been pushing. It's Final Frontier. But, um, but yeah, so two of my shows were reality TV shows and I don't watch reality TV very much mm-hmm. or at all. But I was like, well, this sounds like a TV. Like, if you if you look at it written down, it looks like a TV show that could be around. Um, and it got into the semi. So even though my heart says that I would prefer to be writing some, like, goofy physical comedy show, my ability apparently says reality TV. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's comforting then. Who knows? This might pay off. <laughs> Who knows? And he, I mean, you too could be sitting on chairs your brother found in the garbage in your dad's <laughs> backyard. You know? One day this could all be yours. I look forward to it. <laughs> Should we get into your assignment? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, I give you an assignment centered around self-image and Uh, the way you talk to yourself. So I told you that you had to pay attention to the negative voice in your brain that criticizes you or puts you down in whatever context, whether it's like when you look in the mirror, the voice that criticizes you out in the world in interactions with people, the voice that tells you like, oh, that was stupid. Why did you say that? Or any, any negative criticism stuff that's happening in your brain. I told you that you had to give it a name as if it were another person and that it should be a name of somebody that you have little to no respect for. <laughs> so yes. So I told you this could be just a random name that you pick and you create this imaginary person that you don't respect, or you could, if you wanted to, pick somebody from real life who you have no respect for and name it after them. Yes. Uh, so how did that go? It went uh, well. So I think there was a couple impediments um to like the breadth of it because it's quarantine we're in lockdown so I'm not really interacting with people Mm -hmm. so uh my negative thoughts aren't um they're still humming they're still (laughs) around 
but they're not they're not getting vocalized uh, in my mind because I'm not actually interacting with anybody, mm-hmm. which I like. I think it's nice having a little downtime. And then also the thing about when you look in the mirror is just charming that you think I have mirrors in my house. It's so charming. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet summer child. Um, so, uh, so I, I didn't have that experience as often. I did sometimes, but not as often. But whenever it did happen, I uh, got really uh, excited to tell off the voice and I did it out loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, fuck off, Carol. Exactly. Because um, <laughs> I named it Carol. That's a perfect uh, thing. Is a perfect. No, no offense to any Carol listeners. No, but, except for one who it's named after. That that one Carol. Ooh, she can get stuff. But uh, but the other Carols are, mm. I'm sure, just collateral. They're just getting hit by shrapnel. Yes. In this. Yeah. But I did find that. Um, by paying attention to the negative thoughts, I did have uh, what I would have thought was just negative thoughts when I really paid attention to it this way. I noticed that it's more like uh, like a flashback or a feeling. It's not like words. Yes. It's not like, oh, you're uninteresting or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just like the feeling of being mortified yeah. washed over me more times than I realized this week. Just like so mortified by things like you know a flashback from grade eight for no reason I'm just like doing mm-hmm. dishes and then it's like oh my god do you remember what Christy P said like <laughs> it's just like oh my god I feel like some um, of that might also be because you're in quarantine and yeah. aren't interacting with people so that yeah. voice like Carol doesn't have as much opportunity to chime in and give yeah. her opinion. So she's like, uh, what can what can I use to make her feel better? Here's a flashback to grade eight. Stirring it up. I should also mention that Christy P was an absolute angel and I just used her name at random. <laughs> I would never be mortified by her. She was lovely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's strange because it's like the, it's like, I don't know, it kind of feels like when you're when you're hungry at regular times, even though you like, so let's say you ate lunch an hour before you normally do, but then like you have like the kind of memory of being hungry at noon or whatever, even though you're not hungry and you're like, I just ate, I'm stuffed. Please, please stop this. (laughs) I'm so, I'm so stuffed. But your body's kind of like, I don't know, usually. So I feel like that was, uh, Carol was instead of uh, being able to like really play she was just kind of like hey remember being embarrassed yeah <laughs> do you remember classic blushing mean girl. classic <laughs> yeah. mean girl <laughs> remember yeah, just... that thing you said <laughs> oh my god that was so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> brutal brutal it does feel so satisfying to tell that voice to fuck off though doesn't it oh yeah and uh i i like didn't even I thought I might feel a little goofy, but I, I didn't. I was just like, oh, here's my job for the day. Yeah. Fuck off, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this exercise, and I found this to be so helpful. I think in part because it's funny. Yeah. Right? It so, is. like, yeah. as a comedian, you can kind of get behind it that, like, the experience of doing this is funny in itself, so it's easier to do in that way. Yeah. Just being like, uh, yeah, like, huh, fuck off, Carol. Get out of here. What are you doing? (laughs) No one likes you. No one likes you, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, uh, truly a fun time. Yeah. And yeah, so I think there was like a day, like there wouldn't be two days in a row, but there'd be like, I would go to bed at night and there'd be like a whole day where I didn't say fuck off, Carol. And I was like, I wonder if that's just a, like no negative thoughts had been articulated in my own mind because I don't have like mm-hmm. it's not like a radio station playing like I don't have like constant thoughts yeah in that sense I have like a lot of thoughts as in like I feel an impulse to do something rather than like hey you should go get a snack I just find myself like levitating towards the kitchen mm-hmm. um, I think some people have like their thoughts are more more like out loud articulate yeah 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 like it's more verbal 
but silent, you know. Um, and I don't think mine are that way. So this particular uh, experiment did, it made me notice how often I just have a feeling of, or like, like a flash, a vision flash or something, mm -hmm. just something absolutely mortifying. And it doesn't work the other way. It's not like I have a vision flash. It's just something delightful. Yeah, something very that positive I, from the <laughs> I don't just like, hey, remember that sandbox I loved in kindergarten? Yeah. I wonder what happened to that sandbox. I never think about that. It's always like, yeah. oh, remember that time that you tripped in grade seven and absolutely <laughs> nothing happened? Like, it was fine. Like, nothing. Nobody got hurt. Hardly yeah. anyone saw. <laughs> Just I think like mortified. our brains are sort of programmed for survival. So I think <laughs> when that kind of stuff comes up, it's sort of like trying to keep you from making a mistake or yeah. like trying to keep you safe in a way, even though it's like, it's irritating. It has no positive effect on the current day uh, and yeah. the, the current person that you are. But like Carol being like, oh, remember that thing from grade eight? Wasn't that embarrassing? <laughs> Carol's really trying to keep you from future embarrassment. Yeah. And to protect you in that way, but it's just like not serving you. So yeah. I think it helps to kind of separate that part of yourself into like imagining it as another person. <laughs> yeah. Because it it enables you to see that it's not like it's not all true. Yeah. You know? Like we have a tendency to believe everything that we think. So making it another person, you're a little more skeptical of another person's opinion than you are. Yeah, than a, a feeling that's like mm -hmm. visceral. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, Carol's such a jerk. Carol's such a jerk. <laughs> such okay, a jerk. Carol. Also, like, Get it together. The, most of the time, those voices that are saying negative things to you or like negative waves that you're having, those aren't actually coming from you most of the time anyway. Like, if you pay attention to the whatever negative thought you're having, usually you can trace it back to belonging to an actual other person. Yeah. Right? That it's like, uh, like, oh, I'm like, I'm I'm trying to think of a real example for me. Um, oh, like, I, I'm, I'm too sensitive. I'm like, I'm, I'm too oh, emotional. Right. Like I'm having, I'm having that criticizing thought of myself and really w who's talking is Miss Griffin, my sixth grade <laughs> teacher, yeah. you know, like it's not actually me. Yeah. I don't actually feel that I, I'm too emotional, but it's Miss Griffin from grade six. Yeah. Same. Someone who was like, yeah. just trying to control 30 children at once was like, you know what? Your exactly. natural inclination that makes you special is annoying right now. Exactly. So I'm going to give you a complex for life. Yeah. Um, just so you can learn Canadian geography. <laughs> Finish coloring in your map and stop crying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sometimes it's emotional, Miss <laughs> Griffin. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. And like, yeah, we, I don't know if you were a geographer, but um we don't know Canadian geography. They did a terrible job teaching us. They did us. a terrible job. You honestly would have been better off uh, crying the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, I uh, never remember where Manitoba goes. I know. In the, on the, like, on the left to right. I remember the, the order of provinces because of a song that we were taught. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like that song in the like uh, let's see we had to take geography up to grade nine so the first like nine years of geography yeah the only thing that i remember is this song that teaches the order of the provinces i remember yeah. nothing else yeah i i don't know the difference between a province and a territory but i assume that it's funding and racist i assume yeah. it's racist i would assume uh i would assume as are most things where it's like, oh, it's just a small difference in just the way we pay for things mm -hmm. and their rights. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Exactly. Um, yeah, like, it's incredible. And I took geography in university, and I don't know. Really? I didn't specifically take Canadian geography, but I took, like, geography. And I don't know. It never, literally never came up. That's what, that's how bad a job they did 
mm-hmm. teaching us that. And and for that, you weren't allowed to cry. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Come on. I remember ninth grade geography. So that would have been like the highest level of geography I did. This <laughs> is ninth grade geography. Uh, literally the entire semester was just us coloring in maps of Canada. Yeah. Every every week we would color grade in a nine. map of Canada. But that was all. They was just coloring. Yeah. And uh, uh, like... I I would focus on whatever the actual assignment was, like labeling rivers or whatever yeah. it was, and then the actual like coloring in of things didn't seem to be as important, right? I was like yeah. being graded on my coloring ability, uh, so just like quickly color this stuff in and then put in the actual information that I'm supposed to be learning. Yeah, and I wasn't getting very good grades on it, even though all of my stuff was correct. And uh, so I was like, okay, next time I'm gonna focus just on the color. <laughs> <laughs> do that like you know darker around the outline and then and then fade, fade it in, in. <laughs> right I was like yeah, I'm just gonna go to town on the coloring part of it and who gives a shit about the actual information and then I started getting fabulous grades and I was like this is a coloring class <laughs> this, is, this is devastating this is a coloring class this is not geography I'm 14 and I'm being graded on my ability to color yeah, seriously, I'm wearing a blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, blazers were very trendy at that point, so it probably was. Brutal. Um, Absolutely brutal. Yeah, I have, uh, I still have a lot of regrets about um, not standing up for myself in high school in that way that you described, that it's yeah. like, this is coloring. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be here. This is, like, I have talent and my brain is expanding weekly. Like, why are you wasting me on yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I was a little too like that. Like, I wouldn't vocalize it, but if I didn't think something was important, then I would just fuck off with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, this isn't important, so I'm never going to pay attention to this again. Yeah. Uh, I think that they teach you that in school, that it's like, it's better to just do nothing and be quiet than mm-hmm. to like mention something. I remember one time in school, Mr. Costanza, who was our lovely geography teacher, speaking of geography, just loved him. He was so nice. Um, all the kids loved him. He was gone for like a couple of days for whatever reason. So he got a sub to come in and the sub couldn't find his um, binder of like work for us to do Mm -hmm. so the sub was like I don't know just like do a homework or something okay and then the sub just like sat there reading and then when Mr. Constanza came back he asked us to hand in whatever work he had left and we didn't have it and then he freaked out at us that we would take advantage of a sub or blah 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 and he was like so Mm -hmm. upset with us he was like I trusted you (laughs) like how could you do this oh and that would hurt too coming from a teacher that you really like and we were like, we, we were saddled with an Egypt of a teacher. Like she didn't know what to do. So she just sat there and we were like, all right, well, we'll just work quietly. Like good children, <laughs> take advantage of a free period and just do homework. And so like, I don't remember who had to say it. Somebody had to say it. I don't think it, I would have had the gumption, but somebody was like, sir, she couldn't find the work. And we just, <laughs> and then he was like, and I remember this, he like looked at us and he was like, well, I feel like a boob. I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry. That's, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have talked to you. I should have trusted you. And it was like the only time I remember in school, a teacher, first of all, apologizing to us. Yeah. And secondly, just a grown up being like, well, that was my bad. That's on me. Okay. Yeah. You guys are the good. The power kids. of a grown up admitting that they're wrong when yeah. you're young is so powerful. So powerful. And it teaches you about humility and that like, yeah, I should apologize when I do something wrong because this is just, it's normal. And we forgave him instantly. Like, we were like. I think there's such a, especially in school with teachers, like there's such a a very fine balance of power. Yeah. Where a teacher is aware that if they give up a little bit of power, then they might lose control of the class. Yeah. So uh, they're afraid to admit that they're wrong. Same with parents a lot of the time, right? Yeah. But it's like what you're modeling for a kid, if you you admit when you're wrong, is that when they're wrong about something, 
that they should own up to it and apologize. So you're teaching yeah. them healthier habits by modeling that stuff. And alternately, you're teaching them negative habits by not. Exactly. Yeah. Who was your most impactful teacher in school? Um, I wasn't a good student at all. I never finished high school, so I don't know that I had any good teachers. I had, like, I had teachers I liked. I really liked Miss Rosinski. She was really tough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, tough but fair. Uh, and she, uh, she really cared about me, but I still failed everything. It doesn't even, I don't it know. even have to be a teacher that pushed you academically. Just some, a teacher who touched your life in some way while you were growing up. Yeah, I, I don't think I really had that. No? No. No, school was like a really negative experience for me. And it was like, um, yeah, just that they, teachers always very frustrated because I, but didn't do my schoolwork. And I was like, but I can't do my schoolwork. I have many jobs after school and you put me in detention every day. Yeah because I don't do my schoolwork and we're not allowed to do our schoolwork during detention. So I'm in this wheel that like, I can't mm -hmm. get out of like a cycle. And they were like, stop making excuses. And I was like, okay, yeah. then I'm not going to explain it to you anymore. I'll just, you just, whatever, do whatever you're going to do. So it was a very frustrating, futile uh, existence to be in school for however many years I was there. It was very frustrating. And, uh, yeah, like, if you ever tried to, like, explain, like, people would ask you why you do things, and if you tried to explain why you do things, they'd be like, stop making excuses, and it's like, yeah. I am directly answering the question you but just asked ask me, <laughs> and if I don't answer it, then I'm rude, and I go to detention, and if I do answer it, I'm making excuses for my behavior, and I go to detention, like, I don't understand like what part of this like subtlety I'm missing like where what's the fine line I can I can tread where I'm giving you the thing that you asked for and not getting in trouble it's um, so much of the time like stuff like that gets totally missed where like you'll be punished or criticized for something that should be like alerting them that they might need to pay more attention to what's going on with you yeah like I remember uh what year would this have been? I think this would have been like grade five. Um, I kept falling asleep in class. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it was just sort of like, my teacher was like, ah, this is unacceptable. Like you falling asleep in this class. But it was because like I had undiagnosed chronic health stuff and was exhausted, completely yeah. exhausted and was unable to stay awake through the day. Like, that's a child that can't stay awake during the day. Like, that's, like, what are you accusing them of? Being yeah. bored? Like, what What are you mad at them for? Like, like I'm not just an asshole who's like, oh, like, th this sucks. I'm going to take a nap. Like, and, like, I'm nine. I'm not out partying every night. Like, what do you yeah. think I'm doing? Like, I'm not at bars until closing time. I'm nine. <laughs> oh, my God what went through their heads I still do have a lot of resentment for teachers when they go on strike and stuff because they're like oh we're we're the child's parents and we're their psychologist and we're their you know math teacher and everything I'm like but you're not doing a very good job from my memory of any of these jobs that you you give yourself because it's like how many times did you have a French teacher that couldn't speak French oh like all of my French teachers could definitely speak French but French teachers were like a unique species of teacher. Yeah. Like all of my French teachers loved French, were very, like very enthusiastic about it, and were all the strictest, ragiest teachers. <laughs> love it. That I, that love I, it. And I, I love a strict like, teacher that at least has, um, like, when it's absolute strictness, when it doesn't, you know, when it's not all over the place, you know, when I it's had a like who, a French teacher who uh, had like many, many incidents over the years of 
things like uh, smacking a, a ruler or something down on a kid's desk so hard that the ruler broke in half. Oh, absolutely. Like, threw a desk one time. And the, like all of my French teachers were like that. And I, I think I figured it out at one point where I was like, I think I understand why this is happening to these French teachers. I don't think they started this way. I think it's that like in all of those classes, none of the kids are paying attention. Like all of the kids see this is the class that does not matter. And these are people who like went to school to study this language. They decided <laughs> to devote their life to teaching other people this language and nobody gives a shit about them in the classes. So that would wear on them like psychologically over the years. <laughs> so like yeah. all of my French teachers, I could see like, oh, you clearly like became unhinged at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> because of us. It's incredible. They like, yeah, the rage that teachers have. And you know, teachers are allowed to take, um, I think it's 80% of their paycheck every year and then every fifth year they can have off or they can get their full paycheck every year and then have no years off. So in theory, every teacher in Ontario certainly could be taking every fifth year off and just chilling out and not throwing desks at children. <laughs> like they could just yeah, calm they could probably down. Use that. Yeah, I think like uh, the probably that teachers would be better at their jobs if if certain things were in place like if the class sizes were smaller the teacher's going to be better at teaching the class I don't know about that I mean I went to schools with very small class sizes I went to a school with like six or seven students in the class oh, wow. and those teachers oh. still failed me they were like like literally like gave me an f not like failed me yeah. like emotionally which I'm sure an argument can be made for that too but um uh, but yeah I had a, a math teacher who had six students in the class I was good at math um but I had too much to do I was like working at like burger places and I had a bunch of chores at home and we had like a rooming house so there was like lots to do and I wouldn't be able to keep up with the homework but I always passed the test and he was like well the homework's a big part of the grade and i was like but you can see that i understand the math because it's math and i don't need to like it's like like if you know if you understand math doing your times tables is not you're like yes okay times tables and now you're adding yeah, more like numbers the, the to homework it is the practice <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like i already listened to you say it in class i get it i have things I literally can't do math during like I can't be like you know a cashier at a burger place and like oh excuse me I just have my math homework I'm a real goodwill hunting here everybody be charmed by me like they're not gonna let you like anyway so he he failed me and then he I think in like grade 10 or grade 11 he said he would give me a 51 which was just passing so 50 if I promised to never take math again and he had six students and I was like I'm good at math but he was the only math teacher in the school yeah so it was like I can take the 51 for always passing all the exams and tests and stuff I was like what is going on here like why do how can you not teach when there's six people in the class that makes me so angry for you like yeah poor young like why yeah <laughs> that is a serious failure of that teacher yeah Absolutely. Like, I, I've been lucky enough that like I have had a couple of really good teachers who I could tell really cared about their jobs and cared about their students over the years and I'm very grateful for that. I wasn't the best student especially in elementary school. Um, I never did my homework and uh, also missed a lot of class like partly because of the chronic illness stuff that we didn't yeah. understand yet but I remember there was one year where uh, on your report card, it says like how many days you've missed. And on one of my report cards, I had missed 61 days. Wow. I had missed two months, two full months because there's weekends. Yeah. Uh, 61 days of school. That's, I mean, that's three months and some. And yeah. then also, I think kids only go to school for like 180 days a year. Yeah. Like that's so I missed like a huge a amount. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge amount. A huge amount. 
So like there were some teachers who, because I missed a lot of class and didn't do my homework, uh, would kind of just write me off and didn't like me because of that. Cause they just thought like, oh, she's not trying and she doesn't care. Yeah. And then there was a handful of other teachers who weren't like that and acknowledged like, oh, like when she's here, like she knows what's going on. Like she does well on tests, things like that. And so they were able to understand a little more. Um, yeah. And like, I, yeah, I think like I have had a couple of teachers over the years who I think really added something to my education and to my experience growing up, especially because like I wasn't very well integrated with my peers in school. Yeah. Uh, well, because if was, you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> <I was barely laughs> there. And also like I'm kind of an introvert and yeah. And stuff. So unless uh, somebody's like inviting me to join a group, then I'm probably yeah. going to approach that group. Like I'm probably just going to hang out by myself. So uh, yeah, I like wasn't really close with a lot of my peers and and stuff. So having a couple of teachers who like noticed something in me really made a difference. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my, my sister was a teacher for a few years, but like when she graduated, she, she was a teacher. And I saw how difficult it was. Because uh, I had thought for a few years that I was going to be a teacher as well. What would you have taught? Um, I would have taught English, probably high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even talking to one of my teachers in high school, when I still thought that I was going to be a teacher, she was like trying not to say it directly, but like really, <laughs> not because she didn't think I'd be good at it, but she was like, just so you know, like for the first five years, you're going to want to quit every day. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's so much harder than you think that it's going to be. And with my sister, I noticed like you, so you're working through the school day, but then especially for the first few years when like every, every class that you're teaching is the first time you've taught that class. Yeah. Uh, you're spending literally all of your time when you're at home working on lesson plans and trying to get organized for the next day's class. Yeah. So it's basically like you're working like 80, 90 hour weeks for the first five years. It's yeah. Until you're later in your career and you've taught this class a bunch and you've already got the lesson plans and stuff that it starts to get a little easier. But yeah, I saw, I saw what that was like for her and I was like, nope, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I do teach like um at like acting classes for kids occasionally, but and I like that. But uh, that's a, also a very small class of like maximum 10 kids and I only have them for like 3 hours. Yeah. So that's a very different thing than trying to corral 30 kids who aren't listening for eight hours a day. I teach, um, I haven't done it in a while because I moved to New York last year and then I had to move home for a like family emergency. But um, I teach uh, little old ladies computers. I told you this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cute. It's um, voluntary. Uh, And so they, live in um I guess you'd say like government housing Mm -hmm. like uh it's not a co-op anyway there's an apartment building in Toronto that's for seniors yeah there's a there's a few of those like uh yeah slightly lower rent and the building is seniors only but it's not like a it's not like a home or anything it's just an apartment that is designated for seniors yeah, that's city, I guess, a city-owned apartment building, but there's no, like, social workers in there or, like, nurses or anything like it's that. Just, it's just, like, subsidized housing. Yeah. People. Yeah. Um, and they are so cute, and I love them so much, and they're in their 80s and 90s. One of them turned 100. I'm very proud of her. Her name is Flo. And uh, <laughs> they're so lovely. I love them so much. And uh, yeah, so I get them online. 
I show them how to text and use emojis mm -hmm. and I put them on Facebook and get them dating profiles if they would like that on Plenty of Fish. And I don't know very much about computers, but I'm like, whatever I know, I can teach somebody else. So I do have the, like, the patience for teaching and the ability for teaching and all of that. I know I have that because if you can teach 90 year olds how like, <laughs> anything you yeah know? just from it, trying to explain computer things to my own parents yeah uh, the amount of patience that it takes <laughs> oh yeah no I mean I I could certainly get somebody's parents online with you know a password and everything could explain how the router works I get I could do all of that depending on the parents under an hour get them a website and a Facebook and it's like yeah so if I do have like a lot of patience myself but I don't have a lot of sympathy for teachers uh that were you know that were tired like yeah everybody's tired man like oh you know like like you're saying 80 and 90 hour weeks and it's like yeah that's a lot but I used to work 80 and 90 hour weeks too like and I didn't have you know society throwing me a parade and I didn't have summers off and I didn't have good pay and all of this you know a union so I don't know when people are like you know teachers work so hard it's like everybody works hard that's working <laughs> working's hard being around is hard I don't know I probably still have a big chip on my shoulder though I understand probably personal rather than you know teachers I understand. I, have, I think that, yeah, that falls on a different group for all kinds of different people. Like, yeah, I have a, I have a friend who, I, I can't remember what this, how this came up in conversation, but something about social workers came up and my friend was like, oh, I hate social workers. <laughs> They're the worst. And uh, like, shat on social workers for a really long time. And I was, I was like, I don't know how to handle <laughs> You're like, this is about something else, isn't it? This is, this is, about about like, this is like, that. Is, that is a really important job where those people are like really giving of themselves to society and yeah. doing things that are really important and never being appreciated. And I like, but clearly it was like, the, like what I kind of got from it was that social workers had been involved in her family when she was younger and I imagine that it was probably like a social worker coming in to you know speak to her about how she was being cared for at home and things like yeah. that and what her imprinting of social workers was when she was a kid was oh these are the people who come and try to take you away from your parents yeah that, that was what she had in her mind of social workers so that just kind of carried on until adulthood yeah and I think that there's like in the 80s and 90s there were strict rules I mean depending on where you lived but a friend of mine's a social worker and she um had a client like a child that was turning 18 who was in the system and her plans for when she turned 18 was to move back in with her dad and she got taken from her dad because he would spank her and my friend who was a social worker was like, it doesn't seem like the dad had done anything more than what our had parents had done to us. Like it seemed um, perhaps old fashioned and certainly like spanking is wrong. Don't hit people. That's, you know, basic kindergarten. Don't hit people. Yeah. But she was like, this girl had been taken away from her family and put into care mm -hmm. where people didn't care about her. Like they can't care about her as much as your family will yeah. um and for for what like for something that was you know five years out of fashion like mm -hmm. it wasn't really like big enough it but then they're at a time where they were sort of trying to redraw the lines of what was okay yeah and and yeah. they got caught basically but then on the other hand it's like she had so many cases where they absolutely needed to be taken and that you know it was life or death you know, so I could imagine that the girl, even though I'm sure she liked my friend, thought social workers were 
people that take you away yeah. and ruin your life over something trivial. So I can imagine that that case. But yeah, it's I mean, that's that's a tough job. No, that's that's yeah, that's a job that would keep you up at night. Yeah. There's like a really bad movie called I think it's called Life as You Know It and it's with Katherine Heigl and like one of those like beefcake guys that they were pushing on us in the 2000s. <laughs> I'm just when you mentioned the name Katherine Heigl, I <laughs> place what year range this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, "Okay, we're talking 2003." Okay. Yes, okay. Low rise. Okay. Okay. Um anyway, and the in it um I guess her best friend and his best friend are married and then they die in a car accident. So then Catherine Heigl and this beefcake have to raise a baby together in a mansion that they don't own in like a very unreliable premise. Um, and they have a social worker that comes in and checks things out and the social worker catches them doing something. I don't remember what it was. It was like the baby was in a laundry basket and like Catherine Heigl was like drunk or something. And the social worker's like, no, you're my easy family. I was going to get a coffee and I was going to come here. And this was going to be my easy day. I was going to go check out my easy family because it's Friday night. And I just want to do something easy. And like has a meltdown at them. And I was like, oh, that's really funny because you don't really see um, that side of people in tough jobs. Like when we all do that, we all save a bit of easy work for the end of the day because we're like and then I'll just sail through it and then it'll be yeah. done I'll make that phone call or that email or whatever and then to have yeah I thought it was really funny just like the admission that like my job's hard and mm -hmm. I was gonna sail through it today yeah. <laughs> I was gonna phone it in and you ruined that you've got to have a really a really tough skin to be yeah. a social worker it's a yeah. like I feel like that's such a unique job because you have to be such a specific combination of traits to be able yeah. to do that job. Like you have to be highly empathetic, really caring and like willing to give of yourself to other people. But then you also have to like have a certain amount of like guard and, and boundaries. Yeah. And uh, like, and strong boundaries. My, my mom went to school for sociology and was a social worker when she graduated and had to give up on it after like a couple of years. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. My mom is so, so sensitive and was just like, I, I couldn't take not being able to help everyone effectively. Yeah. Like yeah. she was working with uh, like, I don't know what, I don't know what I should be calling it, but like troubled boys, you know, like, yeah, like teenage boys who were having a tough time and kind of going down the wrong path. And she like, they loved her and uh, like, she really cared about these boys, but like, she wasn't able to help everyone as much as she wanted to. And that was too much for her. She like, she burnt out. Yeah. From it. And uh, yeah, mad respect for social workers. Absolutely. And it's like, even if like, you're the brightest and the smartest and you know you know the the laws inside and out you know where all the money is and you can you know apply yourself 100% to each case it's like the system in my opinion is so fraught yeah. and broken that it's like even then I don't know it's just so sad because it's always people on the worst day of their life yeah. you're coming in and you're like all right let's just make a softer landing but it's still gonna really hurt like you can't fix it that would be hard for me yeah there's a there's a few jobs like that where it's like every single person that you see you're seeing them on one of the worst days of their life yeah so stressful I wouldn't be able to take it no I'm too soft I'm I'm very very soft very gentle yeah, we're too soft. <laughs> we, could, we couldn't do it can't do it this is why we're comedians. We're like, I just want to see people on their fun night out. I know. <laughs> they got a babysitter. They're wearing the good shirt. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> All right. I think we have to shut her down soon. What do you think? That's fine. Um, I can see my baby niece starting to play in her little paddling pool in the backyard. Her bum's out. 
Yeah, you're welcome to go and join her. We, uh, we end by me giving <laughs> the guest a genuine compliment. Oh, I would love that. Can I give you one too? <laughs> if you want, but it's not part of the format, so you don't have to. Okay. Um, I think that you are hilarious, first of all. Um, uh, you are such a talented writer to the point that, like, it almost makes me angry, but in a nice way. Like, <laughs> like you'll, po you'll post things on, like, on Twitter that I'll read, and it'll be one of those times where I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's funny. <laughs> or it's, like, almost like a, like, when there's something right in, right in front of you, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't, like, how did I, that's so funny. <laughs> You're, you're very hilarious. You're very talented. You're very precise in your writing. Like there's no, there's no wasted space. It's like every single thing serves a purpose. It's, it's like perfect comedy math is the way that I would put it. I, I think, really appreciate that. I think you're also like, uh, you have such an infectious personality. You seem to be just so authentically yourself and so genuine. Um, that it makes you a really pleasant person to be around. There's just something really comforting about being around you. Like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, I want to say trust. It's like, I feel like I could trust you. I feel like uh, you would tell me what you were thinking. And I like that about you. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm happy whenever I show up somewhere and you're there also. And I think you're great. Tracy, that is the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And in the spirit of compliments, I will take it and not argue with you yeah. on every every possible uh, thing. But thank yeah, get you so out of here, Carol. I'm trying to compliment Jen. <laughs> <laughs> that is so kind. Uh, you really um, you. Uh, complimented many things that I feel insecure about and you made me feel better so thank you very much for that that's very sweet and I want to say to you that I also always appreciate bumping into you you are a very genuine and sweet person and even though this podcast is about kind of self-development and self-improvement you never seem like somebody who is like superior do you know what I mean oh thank you like you always seem just genuinely interested in what's going on in people's lives without trying to fix them or I don't know you just you're just so lovely and I just I really get a kick out of every time I see you you're so funny thank and you're you. just a doll that's so nice thank you for that <laughs> no problem oh you're a joy you are and uh, listeners go be nice to yourself tell Carol to fuck off and remember that love is everywhere yes love is everywhere